Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks, voted best podcast for 2022 by the readers of Phoenix Magazine. On this episode, a sad story about hikers who got lost in Cave Creek. Also, Donald Trump is in trouble again. Steve Bannon is in trouble again. And you were in trouble if you were at the Austin airport this week. All that and a whole lot more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 215. It's hot outside, especially here in Cody. It's almost 100 degrees. Can you believe that? I know, right? It's like we're in Arizona again. Exactly. All over again, but we're not. But we will talk about the heat in a couple of minutes. But first, let's go over some stories uh, about Donald Trump. First off, you know those... He just can't catch a break. No, you're right. He can't. A document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities, was found by FBI agents who searched former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Mm-hmm. According to people familiar with the matter, this underscores the concerns among U.S. intelligence officials about classified materials stashed at Mar-a-Lago. Some of the seized documents detail top-secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. Only the president, some of the members of his cabinet, or a near-cabinet-level official could authorize other government officials to know details of these special access programs, according to people who are familiar with the program. I don't. I, I guess I don't have to tell you that if this were us, we'd be in jail by now. This wouldn't even be a, this wouldn't even be a, a debate, a debatable issue. We would be in jail right now looking for a good lawyer. Right. And, and you know, it's like it's, it's just like we're it never ceases to surprise me. So I'm not really okay. surprised, but it's like it's just one thing after another. And yeah. yet still the man walks free. Yeah, there's nothing going on. And in fact, there's another story out that says there's a um, the Justice Department has an unwritten rule that you don't affect the outcome of an election if you are investigating some high level person that's running for office. But because Donald Trump has such a stranglehold on the Republican Party, they may pull back on this investigation. Well, <laughs> can you believe that? You know, and, the, and there's just so much that's ridiculous. At first, he's like, I had every right to have those documents. And then he says they planted documents. And then, you know, like uh, I waved my magic wand and they're declassified now. Right. I mean, there's so many. It's like, what is it? What's the real story? And I think that is actually probably the genius of Trump is like the confusion factor, which he's done it in business. He did it with, you know, when he did the um his reality shows it was kind of like i'll be your friend and then i'm not your friend oh right yeah that it's that it's like if you can just confuse people enough they're just kind of like just let the crazy rich guy have his way yeah that's true which i think is not uniquely trump i think it is somewhat of a privileged standpoint where you kind of just keep confusing things until you hope they go away right until that's that's your mo that's your guide is just keep things confused and everything up in the air until it just you can either figure a way out or it just goes away on its own this mar-a-lago thing is not going away on its own though i think it's going to i think there's something here that's going to stick we just may have to wait a couple of months until after the november election in order to figure out what it is yeah, and you know, it's there's always going to be another election coming up. So I don't know how they can pull back all the time and say it's going to affect this election and then oh is it going to affect the 2024 election? And does he decide to to run for president's 
to run for president just so they can't investigate him anymore. Right. See, that's right. the thing. Like, I think this it's a bad idea. So if you're the Department of Justice, you would keep going with the investigation. You just move forward, and it doesn't matter if you're about to run for president or or, or if whatever. other people involved. I mean, the thing is, is that you can't just hide behind, well, I'm running for political office, I'm in political office, for your whole life and, and continue to do things that are illegal. Right. Right, and you're right that they're that the DOJ should move on because they it's an unwritten rule. It's not a it's not a rule that's a hard and fast or written down rule. But there are, there are people inside the Department of Justice who are thinking, hmm, if we still investigate this guy, there's going to be maybe hell to pay because we are we are we are controlling the outcome of the election. Just like remember when Comey from the FBI investigated Hillary and her emails. Well, somebody, a couple of people said Hillary lost the election. Oh, not just a couple of people. A lot of people said that. Hillary lost the election because the FBI investigated her during the election cycle. So you've got both sides there. Yeah, but you know what? It's ridiculous because it allows it allow it would allow him to continue to be in the election cycle forever if that was true. He, he, yeah, but after the November midterms, I mean, they've got another, what, year and a half. Then he says he's going to run for president, and then he says he's going to run for congressman, a congressman in Florida. And well, this even is a 60-day rule. This is a 60-day rule. 60 days out, they don't want to do an investigation. So, so they so they don't, I don't think they drop it, but they... No, they don't. They put it on hold for 60 days, fine. But yeah. they have to keep going. Yeah, they should. They should. And remember, this has been going on a year and a half. The documents that were that were taken, right, because they were taken when he left office a right, year and a half ago. Right. The documents that were taken were asked by the National Archives to be ta- to be given back, and the, Trump has been hiding behind lawyers, hiding behind obfuscation, not not well, giving these the are documents my own back. Documents are my personal copies of the documents. Right. They planted stuff in there. Right. It was totally unnecessary. I was giving it back to him anyway. Right. You know. <laughs> It was this last batch of government secrets, though, that people familiar with the matter said that the information about a foreign government's nuclear defense readiness was found. There's no reason that any private person should have that information in their possession. I don't think so. No. I don't think so at all. Um, the uh, the lawyer for Trump, Christopher Keis, decried the leaks about the case, which he said continue with no respect for the process nor any regard for the real truth. He's the one that hasn't... Re- He's the one that doesn't have any respect for the process, no, or, or regard for the real truth here. I'm sad to be a lawyer. Why is that? Who are the? I just don't even understand why people keep taking his case and then move, pressing forward with it. Because there is a there is a part about being a lawyer that is that you'll give your your client like advice that's like this is not a winning matter, like this is not you know, like first of all, don't admit that you did you committed a crime to me. Right. Because right. I can't, I can't then get in front of a jury and argue that you didn't. But on right. the other hand, like, who are these people who are looking at these cases and are like, yeah, we totally have a, we have a case here. Yeah, not a big deal. I don't deal. understand that. I I've don't ne- either. I guess I just don't understand being, I probably just really don't understand being a criminal defense lawyer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that's my problem. I can I, see that. Because it really, in any other part of law, you just, how do you keep doing this? I don't know. How does he keep finding people who will represent him? I don't know, but they're getting fewer and fewer, so maybe he'll run out of and people after he fires the, them. Yeah, they're getting more obscure, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let's go closer to home. The sad story out of Phoenix. A 20-year-old hiker dies after the group they're with runs out of water on a trail near Cave Creek Road. A 20-year-old man was transported to the hospital where he died, according to the Scottsdale Fire Department. 
Uh, one hiker died. Several others were rescued after running out of water and getting lost while hiking the Spur Cross Trail near Cave Creek on Labor Day. I, I just, it's the story, it's like rinse, repeat, put it on again. You shouldn't be hiking in this heat if you don't know what you're doing. And yeah, and they got lost. And if you don't have enough water. Take yeah. twice as much water as you could possibly drink and know where you're going. And the minute you know you're lost, like, turn around and go back the way you came. Right. <laughs> Not just right. keep going and then ending up even more lost, you know? Yeah, because if you remember, uh, I was hiking when I was uh, when I was unemployed. I was hiking every day, and I got caught at the uh, Piestua Peak or the... Uh, the uh, you weren't lost, though. I wasn't lost, but, but you, I but I you misjudged. Overheat, you overheated. Yeah, I misjudged how long it would take me to get back to where I wanted to go or where yeah. I needed to be. And that really did a doozy on me. I had to get off the trail and go through a neighborhood and ask somebody for help and uh, sit in their house for, you know, an hour or so while I while, you know, I, I got my senses back. So, I mean, just don't do it. I, I wouldn't do it at all. But even the Scottsdale Fire Department said they did it. The, the hikers actually did it right. They started out early, but they ran out of water. So when you get halfway on your water, you just want to remind people, turn around. And go back. Go back to the trailhead and or call 911 if you're having heat exhaustion or heat stroke. It's just and sad. And if you're not used to hiking... Don't become a weekend warrior. <laughs> like this. Yeah. That's not, you know, you need to be physically fit before you decide I'm going to take my first hike. Yeah. Oh, you've never true. hiked Camelback? We should totally do that this Labor Day. You know, no, nuh uh. No, you build up to it. Mm -hmm. Especially hiking Camelback. My God, that's a, that's or a anywhere. fierce one. I mean, yeah. it was just, it, they, I mean, I think it was, it was poor judgment on their part. Right. I would guess that this group of people hiking on Labor Day don't normally hike. I don't know. That's a great question. I, I'm not sure. Uh, how often they hike, but yeah. we, uh, we should that find would that be out. My guess. Yeah. yeah. Also in the news, let me ask you a weird question: Would you want a pre-funeral? Hmm. All right. This story's out of Mesa. Some people have those. Yes. Like when they're dying of like cancer or something. The photo. Uh, there was a photo of Ryan with the words "In loving memory" printed on the front. Photos of Ryan decorated the chapel. Friends sang along to his favorite music. At first, it looked like a traditional celebration of life, but Ryan. Was, was there. there. He was alive at his own funeral. Now, Wendy Scott said it was a powerful and poignant and funny and was one of those only times I've ever seen my husband cry. It was beautiful. Scott planned a surprise living funeral for her husband in honor of his 50th birthday. Now, I don't know if I turned oh, is he, 50. Is he dying? No. He's not even dying? I don't think so. Uh, oh, I, so it was really just a 50th birthday party. Right. Oh, that's lame. That makes fun of people who have pre-funerals when they're dying of cancer. I think so too. This is kind of weird. Um, I said I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do a celebrate. I said I want to do a celebration of life for my husband. The first thing they want to know is when he died. I said he's not dead. Well, is he in hospice? No, he's very much alive and healthy. So don't call it a celebration of life. Call it a birthday party. I just, <laughs> I just want to get together. And tell him how much we feel about Words him. Words mean things, lady. Yeah, really. <laughs> There's an obvious question here. Why host a living funeral instead of a party at a venue or restaurant? Having people just really put what, their heart what, out there. She had his birthday party like at a funeral parlor? Sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> 
What a great 50th birthday party. Oh, you are so old, dude. We had your party right. at a funeral parlor. Here's and your funeral. And what funeral parlor is party to that? Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. All the way around. Having people just really put their heart out there and really tell you what they meant to them, you can't really do that in a restaurant. The emotion's not there. The feelings, the environment, the atmosphere. It's very different when you're in the environment of a funeral home. I guess I missed, I missed the boat on that when I had that surprise birthday party for you when you turned 50. No. <laughs> no, you did not. I would have been mortified if... if you were mortified anyways. I would have been mortified... You would have been like double mortified. Double mortified. Which makes you dead, I think, if you're double mortified. Oh, yeah, right. mortification is like death, right. small death. Yeah. Small death. I would have been more mortified if you had thrown me this like pre-funeral funeral for my 50th birthday party. That would have been, and invited all those people. My parents would have been pissed. We would have I think played my friends some, would have like, been really pissed. really great power ballads from the 70s, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's, that's what you would have done. <laughs> Right. With me sitting there going, why are you doing this? <laughs> and Would printed up stop? programs, like little programs with it, like, you know, I don't know. You would actually print Praying up programs? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Praying hands with a rosary on the front? Nice. <laughs> Hillary Samples, the marketing director at Mountain View Funeral Home and Cemetery in Mesa, says, there's no right or wrong way to do a living funeral. What? I, so I guess there is a wrong way to so do a living it, funeral. They're trying to break into the market of birthday parties for people turning fifty or whatever it is. I that guess. <laughs> I guess. Like they're like, we don't have enough business of dead people, so let's see how we can get some live people in here. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. She says we're I mean, finding. You got to do what you got to do. It's if there's not enough people dying. There's not enough people dying. Yeah, this is a whole new marketing campaign mm -hmm, yeah. for funeral directors. She says we're finding that more people are about having these end-of-life parties if that's what if you want to do. What if they, I mean, if we're looking for a space for a quinceanera, maybe we should start looking at funeral parlors. Oh, no. <laughs> we would never subject our 15-year-old to that. It just sounds like they're just trying to become a party venue, so. Yeah, true. It's a celebration of her 15 years of life. True. True, but I don't think we should do it. It sounds ridiculous. According do to they a... allow food trucks? What about DJs? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Well, they did play music that he liked, so maybe they had a Power DJ ballads. there. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. According to a funeral service guide, living funerals can also be used for practical matters like clarifying your will or final wishes. It's almost like saving your good dishes for Christmas when you should just use them every day. Pretty sure that your lawyer doesn't want to come to a pre-funeral to clarify your will well how, yeah how much how much bad <laughs> stuff do you office, have in a will make an appointment with you you know with karen out front she'll get you she'll take care of you <laughs> how much i guess how much planning do you really need or you have to rehearse your own funeral how much of a diva and you are you if you do that do you get to have a real funeral yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Maybe people go to the pre-funeral and say, screw this, we're not going to have it when he actually dies. And if you're not actually dying, what if you don't die till you're like 90? Is the exemption like 40 years exemption? Like, I don't have to come to your funeral because when you were 50, you had a party at a funeral party. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, this is a bad idea all around. Can we agree on that? Yeah, because he's not actually dying. He's not actually I dying. I thought this was a story about somebody dying. He's not actually dead. So, yeah. I mean, not if he, I don't even care if he's dead, but if, if he's dying, he needs to be dying. Like, like not dying he more than... He needs to be terminal. Dying more than you and I are dying, because we're yes. all living to die, right? Like, that we're all born to die. Like, that's the whole thing. If you live, you die. Yeah, you right, like, right. It's the stuff in between that matters. But if you're not actually, like, imminent, like, you shouldn't be having a funeral parlor party right. of any you sort. Right, you shouldn't. 
it's just in bad taste. It really is. Uh, also in the news, if you're in Arizona, watch out if you want a vanity plate. <laughs> there are certain ones that are no-nos. Now, we had a vanity plate because we went to the Coyotes game so much mm-hmm. that we got a Coyotes plate with uh, with our with a familiar phrase on the back, well, our and dog, that was approved. And our dog's name is Cody, and we put on their Cody's. Right. So the Arizona Department of Transport, Transportation's Motor Vehicle Division policies are under scrutiny again regarding personalized license plates. Is it because the people that are approving them just look at them and like, I don't know what that means? I don't know. Some of the no, examples the, the, they had, I'm yeah, like, that the, seems super obvious. Yeah, right. Some of the examples are, are, are really obvious. Others, not so much. Uh, here, Here's what they don't want. They don't want you to basically Biden sucks, F, Joe sucks. F anything. Uh, yeah, I, that, that took me a, a while to realize. F-F-A-U-C-I. F-Fauci. F-Fauci. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch the double F there. But you if know, your last name was Fauci and your first name was Frederick, you might be able to get it through. Maybe. You know? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if there's any Frederick Fauci's living in Arizona, but... I wonder if they also consider anything that ends with AF. Oh, I wonder oh yeah. If, right. I wonder if they consider that one, too, that, that you don't you shouldn't have anything... I mean, I know there was a like time Glad where, like, AF. you couldn't submit anything with, like, the number 69. Right. With, you know? Right. Like, but mm, AF is kind of a newish thing. Yeah. Right. So the division shall, shall reject the application if the requested plate number one refers to or con- connotes breast, genitalia, a pubic area, buttocks, or relates to sexual How do you or eliminatory like, functions. It's always changing. It's always changing. Well, that's why it's in the news because they change. No, but it I mean, again. it's always changing what people refer to those things as. You know, like I remember when I when somebody told me that the eggplant. <laughs> emoji referred to like male genitalia and i'm like really i thought it was just an eggplant like totally missed that yeah so i mean if you submitted the idea of eggplant would they print it do you think like if it was just the word eggplant i mean that'd probably fly it's the emoji that that gets you in trouble i think just the word eggplant doesn't but but what if your intent is to put on there like eggplant and then you have like those chrome testicles that hang off the back of trucks underneath it you know right Right? Wow, I didn't even think of that. Think how I'm genius. Everybody's applying for it now in Arizona. Or you just have a dirty mind. One yeah, or the right? Other. I mean, like, where's the line? Like, when there's a word that, like, could you not put, like, like, I worked for an organization called Free the Girls, and it was about helping women who were um, rescued from sex trafficking establish a business and the business that that they were establishing was selling bras in the secondhand markets in third world countries. Right. There was it was all these double meanings cuz so you could free the girls by freeing the girls so that free the girls can help free the girls. Like right. you know what I mean? like you could say all those things and of course girls referring to breasts. So if if you wanted a license plate that said free the girls would they say no because you're talking about boobs? I don't know. It says using linguistic numbers, phonetics, translations from foreign languages. Oh, so not like you can't put a R E A S T, which it looks like breast, but it has an eight instead of a B. I don't think so. Yeah, that that's a no no. But right has connotations but that are is profound. One hundred percent okay. Well, it's just, that's just a word. It's not. It's, it's it's not the visual. Right. That's just a word. Until they until you add your own uh, chrome testicles, eggplant is totally fine. You're gonna have to move back to Arizona, get your own vanity plate, and test this theory out. I'm just. I'm. I have a little bit of. Um, a little bit of prejudice against people with 
chrome testicles hanging from their bumpers. I don't know why. Because I was yours. because I was t-boned by this person who was a hit and run. And I followed them after they hit me because I was like, son of a bitch, they're not stopping. And they had chrome testicles hanging from the back of their car. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the Glendale police did not even bat an eye when I told them that. Oh, really? <laughs> that's just day rigueur in Glendale. Yeah, yeah they're like, mm, yeah. I, yeah, right here in the hood. That's totally normal. Right. <laughs> that A beige, you know, Toyota Camry with, with you know, chrome testicles. Yep. Mm, I could see yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> One person who works for the uh, motor vehicle division said there are some things that a computer isn't necessarily going to know. Every name out there and every politician. But it's words that, the like the word sucks, S-U-X, that is flagged over 150 times. What if you had let's go B? Would they flag that? I don't know. Because it, it'd be let's go Brandon, right? Right, which is the which same is, as F Biden. Right. So. <laughs> right. Right. I don't F know. Trump, you can't do F Trump. You can't do B one D N S U X. What if it's your name? Then then where's the line? Frederick Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to prove that you were Frederick Trump, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just there's so many possibilities. How could they even know? So I think what they're really saying is that they, they're gonna revoke your license if they find out after they issued it that yeah, it's that's bad, it. that it's bad. They're gonna revoke your license, right. Well, they're gonna revoke the plate. The license plate. Oh, I thought you meant no, their not, license. Not your driver's license. Like your license plate is going Jeez. to be revoked, and you'll have to have a new one because because you trickeried. Yeah. You know, to get your license. You tried to get to some get trickery your, through. Your funny license plate. Yeah. Right. Eggplant. That's <laughs> that's just some of the news this week. Hey, once again, thank you, Cricket. Hey, I, I'm just bringing the levity. I'm the color guy. Don't mention that with eggplant. <laughs> Mac Watson Talks award-winning Best of the Valley 2022. Are you getting our bonus episodes or are you just getting the episodes that you're listening to right now on your favorite podcast platforms? If you're not getting bonus material every week, you need to go to patreon.com slash Talks to get all the greatest, latest on what's happening with the Watsons, our crazy childhood stories. You want to know what you're missing? Well, here's just a snippet. And how many chicks survived? How many chicks I don't know. were there? I think they had like about a dozen. And then they lived in the classroom in like this little tiny cage. And now there's feral chickens everywhere, <laughs> right? I think she took them home at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. okay. Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com slash Talks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And for as little as $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every week. Plus, you can catch up on 70 bonus episodes over the last two years. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com today. Time for the SmackDown. And this time I'm smacking down Steve Bannon. Why? Steve Bannon is expected to surrender to state prosecutors this week to face a new criminal indictment, people familiar with the matter said, after he was convicted of contempt of Congress and nearly two years after he received a federal pardon from then-President Donald Trump in a federal fraud case. Now, what this has to do is, according to people familiar with the situation, speaking on the condition of anonymity to discuss a sealed indictment, whatever, suggests that the prosecution will likely mirror aspects of the federal case in which Bannon was pardoned. If you remember in that indictment, prosecutors alleged that Bannon and several others defrauded contributors to a private $25 million fundraising effort called We Build the Wall. Remember that? 
I do, taking funds that donors were told were going to support construction of a barrier along the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, as we know, that never happened. So now Steve Bannon's in a world of hurt, and he can't get a presidential pardon for this one. And that is the SmackDown. Time for the last word. Nothing like getting stranded in an airport, am I right? Austin Bergstrom International Airport lost power before dawn this week, leading to canceled flights and frustrated flyers during the facility's busiest time of day. Airport officials say the impact of the roughly three-hour power delay likely will still be felt the next day as airlines rescheduled canceled flights. The outage was caused when underground equipment malfunctioned around 4.30 a.m. According to Austin Energy, electricians used fault indicators, devices that light up to indicate a circuit issue, to isolate the cause of the problem. Crews completed repairs and restored power to the airport about 8 a.m. Airport officials said 38 outgoing flights were canceled and another 59 flights were delayed. More than half the delayed flights were two hours behind schedule or more. Austin Energy crews were continuing to evaluate the issue to identify any changes the city-owned utility might need to make in the future, so said their spokesperson. Anytime there's an outage, we try to figure out, is that problem repeatable? And if so, how can we put safeguards and redundancies in place to ensure that it doesn't happen again? That is standard procedure when you have an outage, but especially for one like this. You look at it and say, okay, how can we avoid this in the future? Uh, I don't know. Have better wiring, perhaps? Until next time. Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners.